Sit back and listen and enjoy my podcast about health, wellness, fitness, yoga, business, and life. I talk about everything from ways of eating healthy, mindfulness, yoga, working out, manifesting, to pop culture, momming, adulting. I try to have fun and laugh at myself along the way of my sometimes stressed out and frazzled life. This is Fit, Fun, and Frazzled, and I am your host, Nikki Lanigan. Today's episode, I want to first start off talking about two documentaries I have recently watched. The first one is White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. So if you, I'm sure you've heard of the clothing store Abercrombie and Fitch in the late 90s and early 2000s, Abercrombie was the store many shoppers shopped at, including myself. I actually had friends that worked there. I had in Cleveland, uh, friends that were there in Cleveland where I went to college. I went to college at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and Cincinnati's close by. So local people that lived in Cincinnati that also went to Miami. Um, some people worked at Abercrombie there. And then when I moved to LA, I had friends that worked at Abercrombie and Fitch in LA. So I kind of knew some of the stuff that was going on there. It was called they didn't mention this in the documentary, but people that work there said they hire people that are brand positive. That is what they called it. So brand positive is the stereotypical, I get, it's kind of like the California surfer girl guy, you know, blonde hair, pretty, uh, tan skin, white, Caucasian, tan skin, um, but tan, you know, like California surfer beach and thin. At the stores, they sprayed perfume, so it always smelled like Abercrombie and Fitch. They're, they had catalogs, and it was like shirtless guys. Um, in the documentary, it had like they had shirtless guys standing at the entrances. I never saw this. They did not have this at the Abercrombie and Fitch in Cleveland. There used to be Abercrombie and Fitch in a a downtown. It was called Tower. Well, it's called Tower City. It's still there, but it doesn't have any stores in it anymore, really. I mean, it might. I don't go there. I don't know. But it it didn't have that. It, It didn't have it at the Cincinnati one or the LA one. It was at Century City Mall in Los Angeles. I never saw that, the shirtless jocks that stood guard Um, in the documentary. It said this. Their selling was basically like sex and wholesomeness, and it had like pulsing dance beats. Um, What else? Um, In the documentary, it talked about the CEO, Mike Jeffries, and... I don't want to give everything away. Uh, Talked about the photographer, Bruce Weber, did a lot of the catalogs. I'm more familiar with that kind of stuff because I did model. I modeled um, in my teen years and my early 20s, so I know who Bruce Weber is. Um, And it just talks about the discrimination. It's extremely discriminating discriminating um the marketing was exclusion exclusive very exclusive 
the discrimination at hiring. Um, it was a, a scandal and it features like the interview of former employees and executives and models. So, you know, it talks about the rise and the fall of Abercrombie and Fitch and how everything started to unravel. And then they had slogans. I remember this too, um, on their t-shirts and, you know, derogatory slogans on t-shirts and the iconic brand, um, kind of faded away and how they did, they've done like an overhaul and rebranding kind of it's, popular again my kids wear it they don't know any of this background stuff watching the documentary though like really opened my eyes though again to it and um you know it's hard like the clothes are cute but you don't want something inclusive you know you are exclusive you want it all to be inclusive. Sorry, I said that wrong. You don't want it to be exclusive and you don't want it to be derogatory or racial or, or anything like that. Um, you know, some of the people, some of the whistleblowers featured in the documentary revealed their racial discrimination in hiring and working there. They mentioned work the working practices of discrimination. The company was also embroiled in several scandals from selling children's thongs um, that had words on it like eye candy and wink wink. Um, it actually, Abercrombie was also taken to the U.S. Supreme Court for not hiring a woman who wore a headscarf for religious reasons. So, you know, there's just a lot of um, the controversial practices the chief executive officer at the time, a campaign shoot for the brand that was urged to, people were urged to stay out of the sun. It goes behind the scenes of people at photo shoots, things that went on. So it just talks about that. And the second um, documentary I watched is Bad Vegan. And Bad Vegan is about fame, fraud, and fugitives. Um, a, there was, she's an A-list vegan chef, Samara Mengalius. Oh, I'm butchering her last name. Um, so if you're not familiar with her, um, she had a restaurant in New York City um, she's a former owner of the New York City vegan restaurant, Pure Food and Wine, and it was a hot spot. I knew about it years and years ago. I was raw vegan for a time in 2010 and then um, just vegan or plant-based, and I heard about her, and I would always make plans when I go to New York City. I want to go to this restaurant. Um, it was the documentary is about how she falls for a mysterious charmer who sweeps her off her feet, promising to pay her debts. She's actually in the documentary. Um, it's like a true crime kind of thing. Um, it's a four-part docu-series, I guess. So it tells the story of Samara Mel. Oh, why can't I pronounce her last name? I'm just going to call her Sar Sarma. 
S-A-R-M-A is her first name. She's a former owner of the New York City restaurant. Like I said, Pure Food and Wine and her relationship with Anthony Strangis. And it entails that. It's um, how they became on the run. First of all, the restaurant was a hot spot. You know, like celebrities went there. And then she started, she got involved with him she didn't wasn't paying her employees. They got on went on the run. Um, ironically, they found her with a using her credit card at a pizza place. Like it was like a pepperoni pizza or something. So I mean, which is weird because she's promotes health food and vegan. Um and she came she went to college and she's very well educated and it's you know goes to show you how people that come from quote unquote good backgrounds good families good upbringing somehow still get involved with shady people that either con them um or they think of this fantasy and she went along with it and they skipped town and her employees were out on money. I actually followed this in real life time, like, you know, 2017 when this was all going down, watching people picketed outside the restaurant that the restaurant was closed and they she didn't pay them. So that's another docu-series I've been watching. I need another good one. So if you are watching a good one and you recommend it, um, message me or uh, not text me because you don't have my number, but message me or email me. Let me know. Let's talk a little bit about time management now. Planning your day, planning your week, how much time to spend on a specific activity or area, whether you're, you are working out of the home, going to work, running your own business, working for someone else, staying home, with the kids, your home CEO, whatever, we all need better time management. You know, we all have the same hours in the day. We, a lot of us, you know, say like, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed. I don't have time for this. I'm so busy. So this is just a brief guide to time management. Time management what is it? It's the process of planning and controlling how much time to spend on a specific activity. So good time management actually can enable us to complete more in a shorter period of time. It can also lower our stress. And if you're doing it in business, it can help lead to career success. There's a lot of benefits of time management, like the ability to manage your time effectively is important. Good time management leads to improved efficiency and productivity, less stress and more success in life. I am on my kids all the time. They're kids. They procrastinate and I am not a procrastinator at all. So it literally drives me crazy. Um, how they wait to the end and then they're stressed and then they're up late working on homework, which I kind of get. They're at school all day. They want to come home. They want to decompress. Everyone needs to decompress and relax. You have to. Um, But they just need better time management and they don't listen to me because I'm a mom and I 
can help them. And they won't do yoga with me. They'll do yoga with another person or uh, my youngest will do Pilates and hit with me. My oldest will do hit too. But they think because I'm mom, you know, whatever. Another another day, another story, another episode for that one. Um, but okay, benefits of time management. Stress relief. Making and following a task schedule reduces anxiety. So as you check off items on your to-do list, you can see that you are making a tangible progress. And this helps you avoid feeling stressed out with worry about whether or not you're getting things done. You have more time. So good time management gives you extra time to spend in your daily life. People who can time manage effectively enjoy having more time to spend on hobbies or other personal pursuits. You also... More, it can create more opportunities. So managing your time well leads to more opportunities and less time wasted on activities, on trivial activities. Good time management skills are key qualities that employees, not employees, that employers look for. So if you're, you are looking for a new job, you know, work on your time management. The Ability to prioritize and schedule work is extremely desirable for any business. It can help with your ability to realize your goals. So individuals who practice good time management are able to better achieve goals and, oper- and objectives and do so in a shorter length of time. So here's some tips for effective time management. Okay, so number one, set goals. Two, prioritize wisely. Three, set a time limit. Four, take breaks between tasks. Five, organize yourself. Six, remove non-essential tasks. And number seven, plan ahead. So we'll say, uh, we'll go with number one first, set goals. So set goals correctly though. So how do you set goals correctly? Set goals that are achievable and measurable. And you could use this method. It's, um, it's, SMART, so S-M-A-R-T, and that is SMART, S, specific, M, measurable, A, attainable, R, relevant, and T, timely. So make sure the goals you set are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Number two, prioritize wisely. So how do you prioritize wisely? You can mark it important or urgent, so you do these tasks right away. Important but not urgent. Decide when to do these tasks. And then there's another, you know, subdivision, I guess you could say. Urgent but not important. And delegate these tasks out to other people if possible, even in your own home. Delegate these ones out. Your husband, your spouse, your kids, delegate them out. Non-urgent and not important. Set these aside and do these later. They do not need to be done now. So sometimes this is my anxiety. I see everything I have to do and it's like boom, 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 boom in my head. I wake up early and I have to finish everything. I have to get it all done and I'm stressed. So if I break them down into these four things, important, urgent, do it now. Important but not urgent. Urgent but not important. And then not urgent urgent and not important, you know, set it to the side, do it when you can do it. And this is also with your 
your non-negotiables as yourself. You know, maybe like you want to, your self-care, your non-negotiables. Say it is, and it's not showering and brushing your teeth. That is hygiene. That needs to be done. You know, if you want to take a bubble bath and relax in the bathtub, that can be, you know, a non-negotiable. So you need to prioritize and set that in. What is that? Is that your important and urgent or is it important but not urgent? You know, which one of that? Working out, meditating, uh, going for a walk, those things. Um, So mine, I have been doing tapping in the morning and then I start work. Oh, I do warm water with lemon tapping. And then I've been reading A Year of Miracles, Daily Devotions and Reflections by Marianne Williamson. So I've been doing that. And then I'll meditate before I go pick up the kids from school because I have found that that's when our, you know, days get busy and crazy. We're getting home. I'm still trying to work. They're all over the place. They're hungry. Then it becomes like running them to cheer, running them to activities, doing dinner, doing homework. So I need to get regrounded then. So that is more beneficial to me and to my kids for me to meditate right before I go pick them up. And then I would also prioritize wisely my work, what needs to be done first in work, uh, what needs to be done second, and then my own business, you know, what prioritize those into four categories as well. And okay, the next thing, set a time limit to complete a task. So if you need to do this, set a timer. I'm not kidding. Get your phone timer, a, a, you know, a timer on your microwave, whatever. Setting time constraints for, for completing tasks help, helps you be more focused and efficient. Making the small extra effort to decide on how much time you need to allot for each task can also help you recognize potential problems before they arise. That way you can make plans for dealing with them. So for example, assume you need to write up... Um, you know, a contract. So you write up five contracts you need for a meeting and you realize that you're only able to get four of them done in the remaining time before the meeting. If you become aware of this fact well in advance, you may be able to easily delegate writing up one contract to someone and then you check the time. So if you haven't bothered to do a time check on your task beforehand, you might have ended up not realizing you have a time problem until just an hour before the meeting. So if it takes you an hour to complete, um, say you're writing a contract or review, whatever it is in your business, you do. Or in my own business, um, you know, putting together a podcast. So I work two jobs. So I allot time in between. You know, I try to have radio stations show prep done uh, by a certain time. And then I allow the rest of the time to work on my own business, whatever I have that day. And that's what I do. And that works for me. So I I know what I'm dealing with. And if I have meetings or Zoom scheduled in, I have those scheduled in and I plan accordingly. 
um, the next number four, take a break between tasks. When doing a lot of tasks without a break, it is harder to stay focused and motivated. So allow some downtime between tasks to clear your head and refresh yourself. Consider grabbing a lunch, you know, if you work from home, get up, leave your office, make something to eat, go for a walk or plan a workout then. That's how I do it. I take breaks and I work out or I take the dog on a walk, um, clean or meditate, journal, breath work, something like that. Take break, breaks between tasks. Number five, organize yourself. Utilize your calendar. Utilize your calendar and your phone. Utilize a planner. Um, a planner for more long-term time management, write down deadlines for projects and for work or for tasks that are part of um, completing a project. You can also do this on home renovation projects, projects around your house, um, errands you need to run. You could do this. Number six, remove non-essential tasks and activities. It's important to remove excess activities or tasks, like remove them. Determine what is significant and what deserves your attention and time. Removing non-essential tasks and activities frees up more of your time to be spent on genuinely important things. And this is, you're going to have to decide this on your own. Number seven, plan ahead. Make sure you start every day with a clear idea of what you need to do that day, what needs to get done that day. So this, that day only. Consider making it a habit Two, at the end of each workday, go ahead and write out your to-do list for the next working day. That way you can hit the ground running the next morning. And I say I do this on Sunday nights for the week also. So do this for your week ahead. Either do it for your business and your work, your job, and then do this for yourself. Your self-care, your non-negotiables. On Fridays, look at it also and celebrate your wins. Celebrate big or small what you accomplished in work, what you accomplished on yourself, and what worked, what didn't work, and go from there and implement changes how you need, how you see fit. So implications of poor time management. Let's also consider this. If you have poor time management, you will have poor workflow, and that's the inability to plan ahead and stick to goals. And that really means, you know, you have poor efficiency. Uh, Number two, wasted time. So poor time management, you result in wasted time. If you're on social media too long and you're getting distracted, you're wasting time, you're falling behind. This can also, number three, you could feel loss of control. So you'll, um, this can contribute to higher levels of stress and anxiety, Um, your work's going to be affected. You know, poor time management typically makes the quality of your work suffer. And this is mostly I'm talking about in your business and your job, your own personal business if you own your own company or working for someone and being an employee. Um, You know, and then you could have a bad reputation if Um, clients or your employer cannot rely on you to complete a task, 
in a timely manner, their expectations and perceptions of you are going to be affected. You also want to take time when it comes to our health and happiness. Um, a lot of people have different needs, but there is a universal truth. We all need the basics of sleep, physical movement, and sufficient food. And to thrive, most of us require quality time with people, time in nature, time for spiritual connection, and time for something that really brings us joy. So also when you're doing your your planning your time management for work, uh, take a moment to define what you need and what you want also. So these are questions you can ask yourself. How many hours of sleep are sufficient for you to be alert throughout the day? You know, they say like, Kids are 10 to 12 hours. Adults are 7 to 8. Some can do on 6. You know, whatever. What works for you that you don't feel exhausted? I get the mid-afternoon slumps. Like right now it's 1.30 and I'm recording this and I'm tired already. But I have been, uh, we just got back from vacation. So I'm a little off on going to bed. I go to bed late. I wake up early. That's my own fault. Back to this, though. Um, what kind of physical movement keeps you feeling in shape and pain-free? Not even in shape. I don't like that wording. What kind of physical movement keeps you feeling energized? You know, like, is it walking? Is it running? Is it doing yoga, Pilates, spinning, hiking, walking your dog, Tai Chi, whatever. I almost said Tai Bo. That's, like, so... I don't even know if people do typo anymore. <laughs> um, what nourishment keeps up your energy and makes you feel satisfied or full? You know, sometimes we eat aimlessly when we're bored. What makes you feel nourished and good? Which people do you enjoy spending time with? Who? If they're not bringing you joy, you know, maybe take a break from them. In getting older, you realize who brings out the good in you, who makes you feel alive, who you want to be around with, who you want to share conversation with. I don't really like small talk. I want to talk to someone and I'm, I'm a very much introverted person and being around people like a lot of people and people... Um, for a long period of time is a lot for me and I need to decompress. So I'm very intentional who I want to be around and who, you want to be around people you enjoy spending time with too. Who makes you feel alive? Who brings out the best in you, not the stress in you? Um, how can you find ways to be outside? It's, you know, studied and... It's well-documented, being in fresh air, getting sunshine, sunlight, vitamin D makes you feel energized and it's a mood booster and that's why in the wintertime in a lot of states when it's raining a lot in the winter you get sad seasonal affective disorder because in the winter months it's gray, it's dark, it's gloomy. So get outside for a little bit or have one of those natural sunlight things on your desk in your office. Take a quick 20-minute walk, even 15 minutes, you know, get outside. Um, another thing, how can you connect with yourself 
um, and either find yourself spiritually or if you go to church, a religion, meditation, yoga, something like that. Also, what activities give you joy? Uh, is it a hobby? Is it reading? Is it volunteering your time? Um, going dancing, you know, things in this nature that you can do for yourself. So I guess like at certain stages of life when work is really busy, I'm not saying like, like there's ebbs and flows, you know, like say you're going through a really busy time at work and at your job and you're also managing your kids and there's a lot going on. You might not be able to do all the self-care you want to do or you prefer to do, but you could still maybe do one or two or some things. Think through what's reasonable given your current situation. For example, maybe it's not possible to train for a half marathon right now and go get a manicure and pedicure every other week. Um, But maybe you can guarantee that you will get enough sleep four nights this week or get enough sleep two nights this week, um, given the ages of your kids, you know. Uh, Maybe you can go grab a cup of coffee with a friend or you can, while you're out getting the groceries and running errands, ask your spouse to make dinner and take a detour, go get a cup of coffee yourself. Something like that. Look at your schedule where you can find small pockets of time and what would work to fulfill your needs within the time that you have. I'm not saying because I know it's not feasible um, to wake up an hour early and meditate, work out, journal. Do all that before you get in the shower and go to work. It's not possible to do it at night when you get home when you're already exhausted from working all day and then you have to take care of the kids but if you can carve out 10 minutes here and there for things maybe 15 30 minutes um, to work out and boost your mood get those endorphins pumping that can help you can set um, time if you feel as though there's always more you could be doing you'll need to consciously Set aside time to practice your non-negotiables. Practice doing something that lights you up and makes you feel good and brings joy to you. Again, if you listen to me regularly, you know I'm trying to stay away from the word self-care because people don't like it. Um... But So I'm going to say non-negotiables and something that lights you up and makes you feel alive, make, doesn't make you feel depleted, doesn't make you feel like you're giving, 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 and you're not getting anything back and taking care of yourself. You're not feel, filling your own bucket up. So scheduling will help to see where you can fit in your non-negotiables, your self-care, whatever you want, your joy, your moment of peace. <laughs> Put it on your schedule, and I'm not kidding, put it on your planner. Uh, If you have, um, if you're getting ready for bed, if you have an alarm, you know, and it's getting ready for bed and the alarm goes off and it's, you set it for Sunday night through Thursday, it reminds you, okay, it's time to sleep. It's time, let me do an evening meditation or, you know, something. 
you can squeeze it in. You know, we set reminders and we set things like, oh, the kid has a dentist appointment. I have a doctor's appointment. The kid has an orthodontist appointment. It's time for them. They have this field trip today. Make sure you pack them snacks for state testing or mints for state testing, something like that. And we set this in our phone. Set something like this for yourself too. You could do you know, a short meditation during the afternoon energy slump, you know, go for a walk. Uh, During watching TV at night, if you don't have time to work out, maybe do some Pilates or yoga while stretching or something while you're watching TV. Um, And be clear with others. We need to set boundaries. We need to tell others. Sometimes we want a little help. We need a little help. Um, Explain that you'll be exercising. You'll be going in your room reading. Um, When you're running your errands and going grocery shopping, you're just going to stop and grab some coffee really quick. Um, So you tell them you're up front with your needs and what you need to do and – your non-negotiables, or take care of the kids right now so I can take a 20-minute bubble bath and read in the tub. I don't like baths, so I'm just saying this as an example for other people. Um, So you can find time and make sure that you're focusing on yourself. That's something that's refilling you up. It's bringing you joy. It's making you feel happy. Um, These are just some ideas of time management for work, business, life, and self-care or um, me time. Make time for me time.